Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the 19th episode of the Idle Hand Society podcast, where we hope to discuss and learn more about effective creative process. I'm joined today by Paul Bentz. Good evening, good evening, good evening. And photographer Josh Edgoose. Hello, Dan. Hello, Paul. <laughs> Hello, yeah, Josh. How, how's life been for you, Josh? I know that we've been trying to hook this up for some time. It's, you've, you've been a busy man, right? No, I'm just, just shambolic. That's more, that's more <laughs> the issue. I apologize. <laughs> I've been really keen to do it. Yeah, you know, it's just you know, I'm useless. That's the end. That's the end of it. But yeah, we're here no, now. Let's, no, we're here now. we won't hear it. You're not no. useless. Not at all, Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I've been making some big assumptions about you, Josh. Uh, like because obviously <laughs> we've we've been chatting for a few weeks now. So I'm going to throw them out. Let's see how close I am. Right. Oh, <laughs> you, you don't sound keen on this. You don't no, sound keen on this at all. I'm curious, but concerned. Are you the best smelling man in real life? <laughs> no, I smell horrendous. I mean, I, I mean, I had COVID about three months ago and the, my sense of smell is so distorted. Like everything smells like onions to me these days. So Really? Yeah. So if you ask me, I smell like onion all the time to me. Right. So um, <laughs> first question. Is I, a fail, I, I just assumed you smell like an angel in real life. I'd say, well, that's very that's, that's a nice assumption. I hope you never have to actually physically smell me. <laughs> we'll set it up one day. Okay, we'll a, a sniff test. Okay, I, I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to do just one more because I can I can imagine that we're going to completely derail this if I just keep going. <laughs> You're a fan of Wes Anderson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, you got me there. Favorite Wes Anderson movie. Probably the Darjeeling Limited, I think. Oh, I'm just a sucker bit. for Adrian Brody, and that's the one he's the most in, I think. Yeah, that's like peak Adrian Brody, right? Peak Adrian Brody. What a guy. What a face. His lovely face. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great movie. I don't know. I don't know which one I'd go with. The Darjeeling Limited, is, uh, that is a strong pick. There's something about um, uh, the one with the hotel. Grand Budapest. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. The way that one looks every single time with like the weird models and the stop motion yeah it's yeah. That, that is a that's a cool move and it's got a lot of bill marina as well oh yeah that, that's uh, that's like another solid point they're all they're all pretty good aren't they like let's be honest you can't really go wrong <laughs> it's true yeah what about uh, you paul you got a you got a favorite wes anderson movie <clears throat> do, do you even give a shit <sighs> no i don't really give a shit but i do like the grand budapest hotel i think that's great i think it's it's something about the way that he kind of captures the light in scenes. He's really quite provocative with the way he lights things. Yeah, like, I can't remember what the name of his cinematographer is, but he's like the guy. Yeomans, I think his name. Right. Yeah, that guy's just ridiculously good. Anyhow, I want to. I want to ask Josh a question. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go right off the bat. Josh, so you you did a you had your first book out this year. Mm. Um, con- congratulations. Oh, thank um, you. Well done. Thank you, Paul. Uh, how was what? What was the process like for you? Talk us through it. How did it start? Where did it? Did, did you reach out to the publisher? Did the publisher reach out to you? How 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 did it all begin? I'm kind of interested. Well, um, yeah. So Satanta, Satanta Books were the publisher, and I've 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 known them because we're we're kind of, we're kind of local to each other. So I've known each other for a bit. Like they've been selling a few of my prints and bits and pieces, and then uh, yeah, I think I kind of loosely had in my mind like maybe one day you could talk about a book but i kind of always felt like maybe it wasn't really ready you know it seemed like you know i'm still haven't been i remember doing it for a few years pretty enthusiastically but it's just like when's 
always kind of had in my mind, you know, like, oh, way down the line, a book, you know, but then um, COVID and everything. And then it kind of, COVID kind of like drew a bit of a line in the sand for street photography for me in a way. And then it was my birthday. I think it was November last year. I took the day off work. I was just sat at home. I was just going to, I was like, I'm going to watch my favorite 80s horror films and just get drunk and sit on the sofa. And I had a great day. And then Keith from Satanta Books called me in the evening, just coincidentally, I was like, let's make a book. And I was like, geez, today's been, today's been fun. And I was like, I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? And I kind of was like, you know, I'm normally like, I'm not big on birthdays kind of thing. Like I normally like, don't do anything. Don't see anybody get a bit down. Like a bit almost like I don't, birthday right. blues kind of thing. And then I was just like, today's just, I was just like, well, it's just a sign, you know, why not? Let's make it, let's do it. So then, uh, yeah. And then we kind of got the ball rolling and he has a designer and an editor called Tom. And I mean, for me, I've never really had anybody else look at my pictures, like critically or, or in any way other than them. So that whole process was just so exciting. Like I just sent, I sent Tom like four or 500 pictures and he just like worked on an edit and came back with one. I was like, geez, like, it's, yeah, it's been, it was invaluable, really. It was just like really fun. How long did it take you from start to finish to get to a point where you were happy and they were happy? Was it a long process, weeks, days, months? Couple of, well, from November, from the idea to, yeah, maybe it was about three months, three months, three, okay. four months. It was it's a while. It was quite quick, isn't it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's, what's, what is long or what's, I don't know. Like I already had a lot of photographs. And I already had, I'd already, I'd already put together a few random bits and pieces like just for fun. But obviously we had like, that was throughout pretty much the whole of the biggest lockdown. So we had lots of times yeah, yeah. for calls and stuff. But yeah, I mean, overall it was like really humbling, really satisfying. Yeah. Just very lucky to have been approached. You know, I know that I've just thought, and like I said, I know I have kind of thought before, like, ah, this is way off. But then I kind of thought like, this opportunity may never come up again. Yeah. You know? So. How, how difficult it. was that initial selection, those first 400 images? I mean, I'm really bad at organizing pictures. I've just got like a, it's like 30, 40,000 pictures and then one folder of like 3,000 that are like maybe not shit. And then within that, <laughs> and then within that, maybe five that I actually like. So, yeah. Maybe not shit. That's yeah. good. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is that... I mean, I'm interested in where it started then. So what made you pick up a camera? You know, I, I, I took photography at college, so A-level. So I was like, what, 15, 16, I guess. And then I think it came down to like, I enjoyed taking the odd picture, like having a little like point and shoot film camera on holiday and stuff. And then I was just like 16. It was like, choose your A-levels now, I guess. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I saw it was like photography. And I was like, that looks interesting. And that was it, you know. And then... My dad bought me a, a Olympus SLR and a 50 mil lens, and then yeah, just got got cracking with that. We had to shoot, we had to shoot five rolls of HP5 a week, and then de- develop it. Yeah, it was. I that was, was a bit of a hard introduction, really, because I, I really wanted to shoot color, and it was just like, here, shoot this grainy black and white. And I'm, yeah, I'm wondering. So when I think of your work, Josh, I I think of color, right? It's interesting to me that you had that starting life on HP5 because yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how I started too, right? Yeah. You, you were given a roll of film, although I think I might have went to a bit of a rougher school than you because we didn't get like a roll a week. We had like a roll that we had to share between three people. <laughs> <laughs> For a year. 
for, <laughs> yeah, for, for a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you accidentally hit that shutter, that's it. You're, but those, you're th- those photos are with the good ones, right? They were important. You know if you were going to take it, you know. <laughs> Imagine that. You only had a year to shoot one roll. Do you reckon they'd be really good photos or they'd be shit at the end? There was that Steve McCurry thing, wasn't there? He got the last roll of Ectochrome oh, yeah. and he spent bloody ages shooting that last roll of Ectochrome. That I mean, that was that was deep, and that was the last one off off of the production line as well. Where's Steve? Where's he? Where's he from, Dan? Steve Curry is he English? No, he's New York, isn't he? He's American, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's from okay. New, York. New York. Okay. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm probably butchering that. I don't really know enough about him. So yeah, Josh, what what was that like? Early black and white experience like? Then it sounds like you immediately knew you wanted to get onto color. Oh yeah, for sure. So I mean, I, I was. They showed us like Martin Parr and like John Myrowitz's color work. I remember. And I was just like, "Why are you showing me this?" And I was just. <laughs> upset. I did like a project on Martin Parr, and in the end, I persuaded them to let me shoot color. But because we had like a dark room, we couldn't develop color film or make color prints. So I had to yeah, use yeah. one of those like digital cameras at the time, like those two megapixel cyber shot whatevers, and it's yeah, just yeah. like. I was printing it off on my like desktop printer at home, you know, like really slowly on like really thin paper. It was just like, it was just, a, everyone was making these like beautiful darkroom prints and it was like me like blue tacking and these like, <laughs> it was just embarrassing. So you were committed right from the beginning to colour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the pictures were horrendous either way. It wouldn't have mattered if they were colour or black and white. It was total garbage. I mean, <laughs> that's where we all start, right? Everything we do at the beginning is always going to be total garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I guess at, at least yours wasn't too much pain like in terms of sitting in the dark room. Like I, I remember making prints in the dark room, spending forever on them, and then they're just like a blurry picture of a bike rack or something, you know? Like, <laughs> do you not feel now that you would like to go back? Do you like to just to have that as an option? It's, it is fun. Like I think I, I still do appreciate- it. Mate. Oh, you still I, do, I, of course. I, I, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still do it. Like even for some of my, um, yeah, like I, I shoot the occasional like wedding and family stuff and i tend to do all my portraits on film i've got a hasselblad that i like to use i feel like it slows me down otherwise i'm just going to mm. rattle off loads of pictures it gives me too much to cull through and like there's nothing special about them mm. so enough. yeah I, I like the fact that it slows me down so yeah i, I still do it but okay. I, to be fair though like i do tend to shoot color like i'll i'll shoot portrait 400 and and do it that way i've got a i've got an enlarger coming soon as well paul Ooh. Have you? Going to yeah. be, be setting up a little place in the house, are you done? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to repurpose something. I haven't quite sussed it out yet, but but yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be doing some enlarging. Maybe you could ask Tanya if you could take the bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe she might make some room for me in the house. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, like, tape up the window then? Is that what you do? Have you got, like, a hole? I haven't really thought it through, mate, to be honest with you. I'm going to have to do something because <laughs> I don't think it gets dark enough in here. But so that's never interested you going back and doing some color prints or something? Oh, no, yeah, like for sure. I, I look back now and I think I just 100% didn't make the most of it. I was like fifth, I was like 16, so I was like really, I was just like playing Nintendo 64 and yeah, just like the motivation now. Like I would love the opportunity to go back and take it a bit more seriously, you know? I get I the impression know. we must be a fairly similar age within a few years, like 35. Yeah, I'm 31, say two, say two, say two. Yeah, okay. So it sounds like we probably had a fairly similar experience at school taking photography. Yeah, I guess we did. Look yeah. at that. Where did you go where did you go where did you go to school, Josh? What part of the world? Winchester I grew up in. Near Winchester. Yeah, yeah. I got friends in Winchester. How was that for you growing up? It's quite yeah. a creative part of the world, isn't it? It's quite a it seems to be lots of creative people living and working in that part of the world. Or, or was that not your <laughs> your impression? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been back in a really long time, you know. I mean, that was, I think, I guess even being able to do photography, I think, was a bit of an unusual thing. It was like, it was like, yeah, a, yeah I guess, I guess it was. I mean, I think there's, yeah, a fair few creative, there's quite some quite famous bands have come out of there as well, I think. Um, there was, yeah, it was quite big in the mu- for music as well. Yeah, I guess so. Can't complain. That was a good opportunity to have, to be honest with you. I'm aware, like, having a dark room. Was it? I mean, I'm thinking about it now, a luxury that I just did not make the most of. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> there's, there's always time, mate. There's always time. Yeah. What, what keeps you going back to photography? It sounds like you literally haven't stopped since, since you were 16. I stopped for a couple of years and then I, I worked for like, a, I started like a kind of small, kind of like, I did like a kind of clothing business thing for a bit. And then I remember, oh God, I remember that. Like, so when I took the photography A level, it was like, um, you have you have to use a fifty mil lens on your SLR. That, that that was it. You have to use that. And then after that, I bought this like I was like, oh, I need a digital camera for this clothing business because we're going to take product shots. So I went and bought the cheapest DSLR I could, and I bought a fifty mil lens. But I had no idea about this whole like crop factor thing and lenses being longer. So this fifty mil lens was like a <laughs> eighty mil, <laughs> eighty mil. And I got home to take these product shots. I was like, oh my god, I'm close. I had to go out and buy like a step ladder, and I was just like crushed up against the ceiling. So you just made and it just, work. Yeah, I just had no idea. So yeah, I just started, so like went from that and then I was like doing this like clothing brand and then I was like, I don't really care about any of this clothing stuff. I was like, what I like is taking the pictures. So just kind of, yeah, and then just kind of got a bit obsessed with street photography. Like I still had these books on like Gary Winogrand and stuff from college and then was just like, it took a really long time to like build up the nerve to really do it properly and get really into it. You know, it's just. Were you doing that at school as well, street no, I well, like pictures of friends. It was like pictures of friends smoking and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't hugely interesting, but I guess, you know, it just takes, I feel like you have this idea in your head that you want to do it for a long time, but it takes, for me, it took a good three or four years to actually get to that point where it's like mm. a compulsion or like, you know, you really have to, oh, I don't know what the best way to put it, you know, like when it becomes an obsession, you know, you kind of yeah, just yeah. builds and builds, doesn't it, over after a while. And then it's like, oh, I guess I'm going out every day for a walk with my camera kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah ends up just sort of being attached to the hip, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just been like a kind of organic process over 15, 10 years, I guess. But Do, do you take the camera everywhere you go? Oh, yeah, of course. You have to, don't you? That's the rule. Do you? I pretty much do. I mean, yeah. I think it probably frustrates a lot of people around me because I'm just that guy. But, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing that for a while now, maybe like, I don't know, a lot longer than I would care to remember. But, yeah, I've definitely been that guy for, for some time. The one time you don't is when something really interesting will happen. So you've, you've I don't know. You, that's yeah, yeah. You, law of averages. Eventually, something good is going to come out if you go out enough. Exactly. exactly. How long do you How long do you spend out on a typical Josh journey? Like, do you go out for hours and hours, or is it is it like you know days at a time? Does your <laughs> wife allow you to go for day <laughs> for days? Days. <laughs> like you're climbing Everest. I'm, I, it's all right. Got my camera with me. I'll see you next month, love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just. Yeah, no, I mean, maximum. I used to be able to do like 20 miles like back a few years ago. But wow. Now, yeah, now it's just like I get to like 10, 12 and I'm like, no, pooped. That's still quite a long way, isn't it? It's still, but yeah, I still, I'm feeling, yeah, I guess to, yeah, like I, normally I just drink a coffee for the day as well and just keep walking. It's just like, wow. Pre- I'm not trying to show off. Like, pre- like that was like, <laughs> I feel like I've just kind of like my stamina for it has gone downhill, you know? I think I like, I just know. I feel like I've learned, you learn a lot about like how much time you can literally spend alone with yourself, don't you, I guess? Mm. Last Friday, I took the day off work and walked, yeah, from Angel to Waterloo, just alone. 
And then it was just like, this one of me, this has been one of the nicest days I've had in a long time, you know, I think this it is like... It is kind of meditative, isn't it? It's like, yeah. there's something that is really difficult to describe to, to a lot of people, but yeah, you sort of learn a little bit about yourself, about boredom. I think it's interesting. I know, I mean, the three of us are, I, I, you know, I'm preaching to the converted here. Yeah, no, but I think, I think when you get to that point where you're like fully, I don't say comfortable with your own company, I guess, but that point where it's just like, you almost like social interacting becomes a bit less important. You just quite get to that point where, I mean, a big thing, big thing for me as well is like, that's the only time I really have a good night's sleep is when I'm like properly physically exhausted from like, right. walking with a camera as well. So it's quite a nice, there's, that's, there's that element to it as well. It's like, yeah, normally sleep well. properly shutting down afterwards as well. It's like a kind of whole process. Like there've been times where I've been out for a whole day, come home, put my camera down and then gone out the next day and just absentmindedly like formatted my memory card and just wiped everything from the previous day. And then been like, I mean, that's obviously a bummer, but at the same time, you know, it's still yeah. fun. Still got some exercise. <laughs> I've done it intentionally before. Just formatted the stuff. Never even looked at it. Just formatted it. Well, you, you Paul, I know you used to be really into street and you've kind of, are you still taking street photos or are you? Well, it's interesting. Um, like I was going to ask you the same question. Like how do you see your, your work evolving? And I, I, I think I still love street photography because I think it's what makes me pick up a camera, that ability. And, and whether it's documentary photography or street photography, those lines are blurred quite deeply, aren't they? They cross over mm. and they they cross back and forth. Um, and I, I made a conscious effort about two years ago to try and make a project of work that wasn't necessarily based on the streets um, mm. So I picked, I picked a river which basically runs from the back of my house in Wandsworth and it runs to Croydon. Mm-hmm. And the idea was just to follow that and photograph landscape and people along the way. But whereas I'd shot candidly before, I wanted to make a conscious effort actually stopping and, and having conversations with the people that, that I met. Um, and through that, I've been, I've been taking a little voice recorder. So I've been doing some audio and I've been shooting a little bit of film and I've been, you know, I've been saying to Dan this week, I've been trying a couple of multiple exposures and I bought like an MD grad filter for my landscape photography and how much just small things and shooting with a tripod, which is a pain in the ass. I don't like doing, I don't like carrying a tripod. I prefer yeah. to shoot much lighter, you know, but, but actually by taking the effort to just do those extra things that should enhance the picture, I, I'm still, I'm still left questioning whether... It does, like I, the, the actually application of some of them. Sometimes it feels like, you know, like for water, for instance, when you see it quite of like mirrory and it's like, you know, very, it's kind of done. And I think that it, it's, it feels almost like a gimmick, if you know what I mean. And I think it's trying to avoid those traps. But I was saying to Dan when we were talking today about, like I've, I've been doing photography for about 20 years and, you know, relatively successfully, but... Like each area within photography, so whether it's portrait photography or it's street photography or landscape photography, like each of those each of those topics is deep, and the moment you begin to unpeel the surface, like there's more layers and there's more layers, and 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 this understanding grows. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I I I thought I knew how to take a landscape photo, but the more I've 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 been reading and shooting this project, the more I've completely. My, my view has completely changed on what a, land, a good landscape picture is, you know, and I think I, I love that. I love that. That's what I love about photography is this idea of you think you know something and you know it well, and then you're like, oh, God, I don't know fucking nothing. Like, I am so stupid. <laughs> what, am I, what am I on about? Like, and, and I, love, I love that. I love that, that 
like through through you know I knew nothing about the river that ran from the back of my house and then you begin to research the history of the river and the the the, the, the different mills that have been on the river and then try and you know weave I've been collaging work that I've never collaged before and 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 all of these things that I never have never tried it's been really it's just been a really fantastic process of of learning again and and that's kind of like I, I fell out, I fell out of love with street photography I think because I I'd done it for for so long and I also thought that to try and make a book of work with a narrative that ran from start to finish that wasn't just a bunch of beautiful street photos I found that really difficult and I'm um, you know aesthetically yes and maybe it didn't need to be and I I, I I said I had a book ready to go right I was there it was kind of black and white all shot in Tooting in South London mm. but I always felt like when I looked at the work then that there was something I, I couldn't put my my like I couldn't tell you what it was but I just felt like maybe it didn't represent who I was as a photographer and it took it's taken me like a long like this long learning by reading and stuff and that I suppose the why why I was taking pictures why did I want to take why did I want to go out and walk this trail for fucking two years you know and 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 it because I think street photography candid street photography is quite it, it, it lives it, and you don't seem it, it came from or it it it's represented in the internet as being quite macho as being mm. quite aggressive you know you go out you take your pictures look what it, look at me with my camera and I know it, I know it cannot it does it doesn't have to be that way for sure right there's, mm. there's definitely there's you know a barometer of how hard or soft you want to go like this Bruce Gilden to you know somebody who shoots quite banal street photography um but I I felt it didn't represent who I was as a person. Like, I'm quite a kind person, if you met me. I'm quite generous. I, and I wanted my photos to represent who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that with my street photography, or at least I thought, anyway, mm-hmm. at, that, at that time. So I, I thought by intentionally stopping people and having a conversation instead of stealing the photographs, mm-hmm. you're instantly making a connection that wasn't there before. So those photos become stronger just by the reason of your stopping and having that conversation. And yeah. maybe they, they, stronger is the wrong word, but they become, there becomes a connection that there wasn't with the candid stuff, right? So you're, yeah, of course. you know, I must have shot over the course of the last two years, maybe 300, 300 odd people. And the conversations they've had, you know, are the amazing thing, you know, things I never knew about the area and those would never have happened if I'd shot purely the street way. But mm-hmm. I do think there's a way... Now I'm getting to the point where you can mix the two, right? Where you can mix this street version and documentary portraiture together some way with some beautiful landscape. But I'm still in this in this process of learning, I suppose. That's that that's where I really am. I I'm I you know, maybe I'll shoot it till the till the end of this summer and then I'll try and pull it together. I think it. I think it's fine. Like I think chopping and changing I, we've spoken about this before paul about the idea that you have a label you're a street photographer you're a portrait photographer you're this you're that and really the reality is nobody gives a fuck you're just a photographer right and yeah one minute you might be shooting a landscape and the next minute it might be a candid shot of someone the next minute it might be like a something somebody you've spoken to and you've done like a nice portrait in a context and that can all live together in a book there's no reason that those things can't coexist your view your experience will still inform all of that right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. true yeah absolutely it will um but i just think it's it's and i was thinking about this today maybe it, it's to get a body of work to a point and then hand it over to somebody else and say here you go i kind of like the idea that josh you know he he got his four or five hundred pictures and he said 
he, he had a guy and he said, look, you, you make me, you make me an edit. I, I always find this bit of, of pulling together the work and the sequencing a really difficult part. And I don't know, were you much involved with the sequencing, Josh, in your work? Not at all. I literally, no? I feel like, I feel, I don't want to, just, I'm aware that was like a luxury to have. And the Tom who did mm-hmm. it was amazing. Like he, I always had in my mind, like this really obvious, like pairings of pictures or like, Nothing really imaginative. I was like, oh, this one, there's somebody pointing and there's someone pointing in this picture. Like really just quite basic ideas. And he came up, he went away and did this whole like paint. There's like really small details in each picture that like mirror off each other. And I was like, I would have never even picked up this. I mean, he noticed things in my pictures that I'd never even seen before. Like, and I was just like, this is just invaluable. Like I really like to be extremely critical of my own pictures anyway. Like I say, like I really only have probably like five that I think are like, okay, this I've actually got something good here. But yeah, no, um, that was like a fantastic experience just to have somebody critically being like, this is bad, this is good, these work well together kind of thing. So yeah, I'm really grateful for Tom and I'm really, he, was, he like blew away my expectations with that. So yeah, that was like... The way you shoot is quite busy, right? There's there's a lot going on in your frames. So yes, I, I, yeah. I imagine like for somebody like Tom, there's probably an embarrassment of riches if details to pick up on well i like to think about like i like to think about what is even a successful picture these days when so many people are taking so many pictures and i guess for me it's something that you want to look at for more than like a split second so i'm like what keeps you looking at a picture i guess it's something that just keeps your eye a bit engaged so it keeps your eye moving across the frame like i'm not saying like a busy picture i mean sometimes a picture can be so busy it's like distracting and it falls apart you know so i guess it's kind of like on the edge of that a balancing act yeah, I'm not saying, I'm by no means saying I'm any good at that. Like, it's just, a lot of it is just like getting in the picture, getting in the position, taking a few shots and hoping for the best, you know. But yeah, that's what I like. I mean, but and also by no means that is that a new concept. Like, I mean, people have been taking busy street scenes for like 50 years, but they are ultimately the pictures I kind of like enjoy looking at the most a lot of the time, I find. So, but I'm really interested in what like Paul was saying about, you know, like it's almost born out of your own like, humility this like kind of project of this like you the more time i spend on the street the more i feel like empathetic like empathy towards people just my like just seeing so many people out and about the day to day and i feel like like you're saying about like these hard and soft street photos like for me i just couldn't imagine getting in someone's face and taking like an unflattering picture of somebody like i just do you ever chat to people on the street i've been ta- i've been taking portraits for the last i've been like set myself a goal of doing like one portrait a week i started in 2019 I mean, one portrait a week didn't happen at all. And for me, like getting someone to agree to a portrait was the kind of easiest part. It's then when they agree, that's when I panic. And it's just like, oh my God, I've got you now. What, what do I do now? Kind of <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it took me a long time to stop panicking. And I still do panic. But yeah, no, I talk to people all the time. People always, quite often, they ask, take portraits of people or people stop me and ask me what I'm doing and I show them. I have like a little like mini portfolio saved on my phone if anybody asks me like, gets a bit like funny about it and i'll be like you know i just love taking love people love london and like i thought you were this was interesting this red bag on this wall and like i can delete it if you want but at the same time you know it'd be really cool if i didn't have to delete it because i think it might be a nice picture (laughs) Do do you ever have to have that conversation with people yeah all the time really you attract that sort of attention where people are asking you to delete pictures and stuff yeah, well, I just I never hide that I'm taking pictures. Quite often, I use a big DSLR as well, and I'm just like walking around. Like I like to just be really deliberate. Like, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there's some kind of psychology to being like, oh, that guy is a photographer, kind of thing. I think looking, I think having a bit of a confidence does help. I mean, the time I've got into real trouble is when I've used like 
smaller cameras and almost like maybe shot from the hip. I think like if you try to hide that you're taking a picture, that's when it gets Yeah, a bit... yeah. And it gets a bit creepy and that yeah. doesn't, that's never sad. I know people do it and they do it really well. For the, for the same reasons Paul mentioned, I, I couldn't do that. I'm not saying there's any right or wrong, but for me, like I prefer to be like really deliberate, not and be like, you know, I, you know, and just... Try not to be, be a creep, right? Be, just be honest, you know, like I just love walking around London taking pictures and that's it really, you know. I think it's all about your attitude, I guess, in the, the day. It's like, yeah, I think the most important thing is humility, really. Like, it's a hobby and it's fun. Yeah. What's, what's, your, da- what's your day job, Josh? I'm intrigued what you do other than photography. I work in the perfume business, which is why I assumed Dan asked about the smell. <laughs> which, if you, if you didn't know that, if you didn't know that, you must have thought Dan was being super weird. <laughs> I was hoping just to leave it totally off the table and everyone would just be like, what the fuck is Dan on about? <laughs> oh, so you, you, I get it, you must smell nice. That's not of any ends. I get it, right. Okay. I, you threw me at the beginning. I was like, what are you on about, Higginson? You're freaking me out. <laughs> did, did you boys have a special sniffing or something? <laughs> I wish just, you hadn't asked that now and that had just never come up again and you would just been <laughs> quietly confused forever. <laughs> I might edit it uh, out so that no one else gets to hear it. Maybe that's, maybe that's for the best. <laughs> so, um, Josh, what, what's one tiny thing that brings you joy? Oh, what a Paul. Paul Benz. Paul, Paul Benz is the tiny thing that brings you joy. It is uh, probably, when it boils down to it, it is probably Paul Benz. <laughs> it's Paul Benz's thumb on the lens. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, that, Josh, that was funny. That was really funny. Josh, Josh, <laughs> Josh sent me this post this week of some guy who'd basically edited a photo up to like an unbelievable level, level right josh like he'd been he must have spent about three years on it by the time he finished he did everything on it and then i i was just out with my my iphone and i must have taken a photo of a car and i didn't realize my thumb was on it but then josh like he said benzy your thumb's on that mate and, you, and he sent me some picture he thought i was taking the piss but i actually hadn't seen my thumb <laughs> <laughs> I saw it and spent a long time like, is this a joke or has he actually done this? I weighed it up and was like, yeah, I'll tell him. I did an assistant job with Paul and I'm telling you now, anything you think that he's done is that, you know, he's doing is a deliberate mistake or he's not. That's just who he is. Like the man's lenses look like they've been licked by a cow. You've never seen anything like it in your life. <laughs> Built to be used, boys. Built to be used. That's what they're for, right? Yeah, oh, but you crap. don't have. You can use it without like smearing it all over your face. I've got a technical question that's bothered me for years, and I I wonder. I'll put it out to you both, boys. So do you know those like lens things you put on on your on the front of your lens to protect the glass? Oh, yeah. yeah? So yeah. Like, they don't do anything, but they're just there as protection. Do you think they make any difference to the picture? I've never used one. I don't. I just no lens cap, no filter. I just lens cap goes straight in the bin, and then I just leave it. Like you don't need, you just leave it, don't you? It'd be fine. Leave it, right? Yeah, exactly, Josh. Thank you, mate. Thank you. I am. What about you, Dan? I am. You're you're just, most just evil, disgusted you? with both of you, to be honest. <laughs> you're about lens filters, yeah, man. I use lens filters. I, I think they make the image worse, but. I'm poor, so I can't afford to keep replacing lenses. When I'm at weddings and that, you get kids and they fucking want to touch the lens and stuff. So I'd prefer that they weren't like jamming whatever they're holding in their hands into the lens. So yeah, I use the the stupid lens filters, but only just because I can't afford to keep replacing lenses. Well, now I feel bad, Dan. How about that? So Josh, how how would you see how do you see your work evolving, mate? What's 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 the next what's the next step for the goose? The, that's, 
that can't be a thing. <laughs> it's it's going to be a thing now. Everyone's going to be calling you the goose. Next time you do one of your um, your YouTube on your Framelines channel, which is amazing, and everyone should go check it out. You should definitely introduce yourself as the goose. <laughs> yes, like like from Top Gun. Yeah, just like from Top Gun. <laughs> I'll get right on that, Dan. Thank you for the suggestion. It's noted. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome, mate. You can, you can use that. That's Appreciate yours. The, Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know. My, my name is outrageous. And I, I'm, I'm aware. Mate, I would like take to advantage of it, Bez. Josh. Sorry? <laughs> take advantage of it, Josh. You should have like a, maybe a theme tune. It, it's good for Google. It's good for Google. Yeah, absolutely. There's, no, there's not many gooses out there. Not many geese. No, no. <laughs> Um, there's, there's a lot of Higginsons. Like, I struggle. Is, my SEO is terrible. <laughs> I'm like four pages down. Sorry, man. You, 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 you're in the middle of uh, S- SEO. Yeah. SEO. What's that, Dan? Something uh, special envoy operations. Yeah, something? yeah, something like that. We, nobody does that today. No, or, or, or you do it, don't you? You do it. You do it really good, don't you? <laughs> no, you no, spend day. He spends up until two o'clock at night going. Ah, okay, photographer. London, Kent, Kent, Kent. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, that is something show, worth sorry. ranking for, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody been watching that um, photographer program on on the TV? BBC I've got it recorded. It's it's so bad, isn't it? Like I cannot believe. That, like I'm I'm amazed that that they can even some of them can call themselves photographers. You go, what's this? What's this speed? <laughs> I'm, it's like it's a bit it's, it's a with Rankin, isn't it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been i mean he's i mean there's been some quite nice insights on the industry and i think he's been great but yeah there's some conf- I, I don't really understand the whole concept of it like i feel like what was uh, it's strange but i've enjoyed i've watched it all i've enjoyed it yeah i've watched it would you would, would you go on josh if they called you up and said hey josh there's a space on next year's show but only if you, you call yourself get- the goose <laughs> <laughs> get the goose man on here. No, I'd be I'm, <laughs> the goose. That could be one of Rankin is Rankin. That can be my single single word name, goose. <laughs> it's not as good as it unless you put the before it. Oh yeah, I guess. No, no, yeah. Um, no, I probably wouldn't. I'd be too scared of uh, just slipping over on TV, or I'd, I'd throw up in front. I'd throw up on camera or something. That's what would happen. <laughs> Sorry, man. I totally sidetracked no, that conversation. No, no, we did, you, so. You're about to give us a heartfelt rundown of what you think the future holds for you, and I've completely pulled us I? left field. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Paul had asked you what the future holds for you. Oh Christ! Let's derail this. No, no. Okay. Yeah, um, the future. Um, I guess over lockdown, I ended up taking like a lot of pictures, walking, you know, locally, and. For a long time, I guess I was kind of like, oh, I want to travel, take pictures in New York or whatever. And I kind of realized that I don't want to say my niche, but maybe my, my, like, my whole, I like, I like being like a British photographer. I really want to embrace that. Like, that's who I am, you know, like, I really have lost any desire to travel around and take pictures. Like, I used to go to New, I used to go to New York quite a lot and be like, I'm going to take some great street photographs. And then I was like, you can't do that in two weeks or a week or 10 days. Like, no. I feel like the UK is, you know, amazing. There's so much, so much of it I haven't seen. I'm just really excited to just travel around and just take take photos. I feel like every year that goes by with getting like so obsessed with photography, there's so many more pictures I would take. So many more things you notice. So many more things that appeal to you. Like when you were saying earlier, Paul. I guess like it's kind of like 
like when you're collecting anything like antiques or coins, I guess, like when you first start out, you get the kind of like basic things. And then as your kind of interest grows, like the more kind of obscure things appeal to you. And then you kind of like build up this whole like, yeah, you just scratch the surface and then you un- unearth all this stuff. So it's just like, it's all just really exciting. Like every year that I feel like with like, like I was saying, like taking pictures locally and stuff, I feel like I almost like just like started again. Like I was just like, it's almost like the last 10 years just wiped off the table. It's like, you've got this. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting off on a bit too much of a tangent here, but yeah, I just like, it's just so exciting. I find it kind of overwhelming sometimes. It's like just the possibilities with going out with a camera. You seem more prolific than anybody else that I can think of that's putting stuff out right so every time i don't look at instagram that often but every time i look at instagram i see like a heap of posts from you they're all massive carousels and it was quite interesting earlier that you were saying maybe you've got five images that you're actually happy with in your totality of like your entire catalog what is going on there is that like are you scrapbooking ideas what are we seeing i don't know about the prolific part like you said i'm not sure about that i mean i do repost a lot of the same pictures i'm quite bad with that but um, there's a lot of organ, like there's a lot of people ask me a lot, like, oh, do you go out with like a theme in mind, like hands, gestures and stuff? I was like, no, no, I like, I find that really distracting. Like you go out and be like, today I'm going to take pictures of primary colors. Like you just can't, like you just, you'll miss something for thinking about that. So there's a lot of it is just like retrospectively organizing stuff into little themes. I have loads of folders of like, I've got like five different categories of dogs. I've got like dogs being, <laughs> dogs being carried dogs on the train dogs sat in the car i've got a category called dogs extra cute like really cute dogs <laughs> like i just organize i like to organize them you know if i can but it's really tedious like trying to tag stuff and like so you said you've got dogs extra cute is there a dog's cute or is it just you just jump cute yeah there's like a small dog big dog right yeah, dog dog's okay. feet you know yeah, um, <laughs> like categories of different kinds of shoes that's proven quite helpful as well with like potential like job opportunities as well someone will be like hey do you have any pictures we can license of like this kind of thing it's like yeah i've got you know i've been all so yeah there is i think there's also that element to bear in mind as well i think that's that's proven quite important as well i don't know if that's something you guys have noticed just i don't but it's so tedious sometimes like i tried to do like i try to do like 100 pictures a week i categorize but my god yeah i've I've I've, I've never done it everything just goes in one big Folder. I got loads of collections, and I, I I do try and like I'll go. But it takes me a long time. But I've I've got a NAS now. Like in, in the last year, I got a NAS with everything I've ever shot on. Yeah, like this, this fifty terabyte thing that sits on my on my network, and it's amazing because if I do have five minutes, I can just be on my iPad and I can scroll through stuff that I I haven't even looked at for ten years or something. You know, it's um. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, you started shooting with um. Uh, DSLR again, haven't you? Is it a D800 or D850, something like that? Is it? Or D750? D850. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really like that sentimental about cameras or intercam, but I've loved that camera. What a blast. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet it's good, isn't it? It's meant, meant to have a really good reputation as a. Because I, I came from Nikon, I was a Nikon boy, and then I moved slowly over to Fuji. Um, I went out today with my. I, had, I got a new camera today and I went out with it, started taking pictures, and uh realized halfway through i didn't have any memory cards in <laughs> why some cameras why do they make them so you don't they don't tell you but it didn't tell me like you exactly why not like it was letting me take pictures it there's a setting say, there's got to be a setting you can set up that what, tells you. what a shit so i took some portraits on my iphone and i like i saw these two guys i got chatting to them and then i said i've got to take a picture so i got my camera out i'm like hang on 
And then you're all right, yeah. <laughs> There's no memory card. <laughs> Poor Benz. Poor Benz. What's the new camera? I got a, I got a, a GFX 100S. Oh, boy. I had a 50S. And, but I, it, it's at that sweet spot where I can probably get a couple of grand for it before it depreciates value where it's not worth anything, you know, so I can, I, that's, that's what I said to the wife anyway. <laughs> for our non-photographer listeners, go and look at the price on a GFX 100S. It's ridiculous. Blimey. I watched this video. I watched a video a couple of days ago. There's like this, they were comparing pictures from the Sony A7S, like 12 megapixel to this, the, one of those Fuji medium formats. And they were looking them on like in prints and like on an iPad and on Instagram. And nobody could tell the difference on any of them. I thought it was quite it's interesting. A, you can't, I don't think you can, can you? I don't think it's, I think, do you think different digital cameras have a different look and feel, right? For in their raw file output, right? So there's mm. like some will be warmer, some will be cooler. Mm. Um, it's negligible, right? Though I mean, there's there's a reason we never talk about yeah. gear on on this podcast. It's because it's like the the least Sorry, interesting that was my conversation. Sorry. No, no, no. It totally wasn't. <laughs> no. It totally wasn't. It's interesting to get to it because it means that we can ask you the question: like, do you actually give a shit? Like, so tomorrow, if we take away your D850 or whatever it is, and you just have to walk the streets of your iPhone, are you still doing it, or does that take? No, I mean, out. I do. I like gear. Like, same. I mean, I'm, I'm going to refuse to believe that Paul doesn't like gear if he just bought that GFX 100 thing. Like, it's fun, you know, that's part of it, you know. There's, for me, like, as like I keep talking about taking pictures over lockdown, but it was like in the absence of being able to change the location, it was fun to try different lenses and try different cameras. It's just like, so it can be quite, yeah. a mo- can be quite a motivating way to mix it up, you know. And I, I think I was saying to Dan today that I, I've got like an Expo 3 and a, I had a 50S and now I've got a 100S. But I think when you go out with a lighter camera, you, you shoot differently. You're, you're more active. You're, mm. you're more, I, I feel like I'm much more nimble and it kind mm. of gets into that psychology of it. And when I'm with a, a bigger, heavier, like my medium format cameras, I, I instantly forces me to slow down and think about the pictures in a different yeah. way. And so I, I do think... I, I buy into that. I buy into that as as much as I find the the topic of gear quite uninteresting. Like I'm I'm into that as well. Like mm. I said earlier, you know, I I still shoot the portraits when I'm out doing paid gigs. I still shoot them on film. I still shoot them with an old medium format camera. Like I do buy into that. I feel like there's an inertia to to the bigger stuff that forces you to have more attention. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I mean, yeah. People people used to ask me all the time what camera I used, and for a long for a while I was like. It's not important. Gear doesn't matter. But I'm like, it does, you know, it's fun. Like, embrace it. You know, it's part of it. It's photography. You need a camera. I, 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 li- I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'd have, I like trying different cameras, you know. And like you say, they, they change the way you shoot. My, my big D850 with a 24 to 70 mil lens, I can't take, like, if I take that on the tube versus, like, a nice little Leica, it's going to be completely different photos. So I think the only reason that people strike out, and this may be why you were striking out about, it as well is when, when people ask that question it's often the only question they ask and you just feel like have you missed the fucking point like the <laughs> photograph it has to be more interesting at some point like when you get to know somebody maybe you start asking them questions about their gear and that kind of stuff but if the first thing that comes out of your mouth when you look at something you're like oh i wonder what that was taken on like that to me seems really bizarre yeah i feel like that person maybe is just collecting gear rather than actually enjoying photography yeah, I don't know. I guess people's motivations, it's hard to say, isn't it? But I guess, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, where am I going with this? 
I don't know. I really don't <laughs> mind it anymore. I really, yeah. I just, yeah. I'm, I've, I mean, I've got this in my view now. There's like twelve cameras in this room, so I really, I can't. I've got no leg to stand on. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, we're all guilty of it, right? Yeah. I feel like you know when Paul was saying earlier. Sometimes you're a landscape photographer. Sometimes you're a a portrait photographer. Sometimes you're a street photographer. I feel like sometimes you're a a camera collector. You know, <laughs> it's just part part of the parcel. I agree. I'm going to take you somewhere deep, Josh. Let's go deep. Um, what what's the why? What's the reason you take photos? Is do you have uh, like other than you enjoy it? Like, is it does it does it give you something else? I suppose. There's quite a lot of reasons, I think. Like, like going back to what I said about like being able to like have a really nice sleep after a long day taking pictures. I'm fully aware that is ultimately photography is the only real exercise I get. It's only the only time like for day to day I'm like you know staring at screens, staring at my phone, worrying about bills or you know just like anything really. And it's the only time I really switch off and stop thinking about everything that could possibly go wrong you know i'm really quite an anxious person you know and like the day to day i'm like just worrying about everything worrying about my job worrying about it. it's just like going out with a camera is the only time i literally properly can just switch off from that and just like that's why i was saying earlier about like i mean obviously about like accidentally formatting my memory card and not being bothered obviously like the pictures at the end of the day you want obviously want to do look at the pictures you got but the actual process of it is like just going out for a walk that's the fun for me you know just ultimately it's just going for a walk with my camera just really being open to the world absorbing what's going on and just like being amongst that's what i've really missed over the last year just being amongst people there's this kind of like you just absorb this like energy of people i yeah, love yeah. i love photographing events and like like dog shows or protests or where there's this like mass just feeling really connected to like people and what's going on and like yeah is that too, have I gone a bit too? No, no, but no, I think that's, that's, I think that's the beautiful thing, Josh. I think, and that's where maybe like, I'd love to see you do a project on a group, like maybe, you know, do a dog show or do a group of dog shows. And, you know, George, I think there's something in that, like in terms of, of how you, how you go and push further with your work and, and, and stuff. And where, because I always feel, and maybe I'm wrong, is like that, like street photography is, is quite difficult to pull together a body of work that talks about you as a person, right? Mm-hmm. You can have a, 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 a maybe I, 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 I speak about this quite a lot, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can't, but um, I, I definitely think there's the avenue that you, you take your work and, and, and the way that you push forward to whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. How do I say it in a way that makes sense? Like, I think that the route that you choose to, 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 to go with your work is kind of open in multiple ways. You can you can maybe go more portrait, you can go more documentary, you can go more abstract, you can do whatever what the fuck you want. But when you come to pull the work together at the end, that that's the bit I've always found really difficult, right? And and, and so hmm. how 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 do you um, what's the word I'm looking for? How do you how do you, how do you join those dots be, between it being you know, street photography versus something with more meaning, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I do. I think about that a lot. Like, for me, like, a a big thing, I guess we touched on about is, like, maybe, like, humility, not taking yourself too seriously kind of thing. But I do think about that a lot. Like, obviously, there's a whole, yeah. maybe a bit of a pressure to do, like, a serious photographic project, something a bit more. I feel like maybe I'm pigeonholing myself and being a bit kind of, like, lighthearted 
it's tricky to balance that out, you know. Like, I, sometimes I'm not saying I don't ever take poignant pictures or like something like I go like, but it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's tricky to. I mean, I do ultimately want to have more of like a kind of, yeah, light hearted humor, like, I don't know, sort of like kitsch Britishness to my pictures, I guess. Like, uh, yeah, I did a Zoom call with Martin Parr a few months ago. There was like the Martin Parr Foundation roughing it. And I was kind of like, I just really wanted to kind of, because I feel like, Sometimes I feel like I'm just like trying to tap into this like kitsch Britishness thing that's already been done, you know. But it was really encouraging for him. He he was just like, uh, no, do it. Like it's Britain. Like there's just like there's possibilities are endless. That kind of thing, you know. So I feel like I'm not really answering your question at all. I've gone off. I keep going off on a bit of a. Right, <laughs> right. A lot of these conversations are more about the journey than than <laughs> the than the question, you know, like. I think that's the beautiful thing The you know, you're the 19th conversation we've had now like recorded. And the thing I'm noticing is we're all just trying to work this out. Nobody we've spoken to yet has just been like, I've got the answers. I understand this. I'm sure well, that person's coming. <laughs> I hope, hope so. And I'll listen to that one. I'll take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know when it comes out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Do you do anything else creatively? Like, are you like musically inclined? Do you draw? Oh, like, music was my thing before. I played classical guitar and then banjo for many years. Banjo was my thing. Ban- like, banjo was your thing. Oh my god, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, like it was called like old time claw hammer banjo was the style I used to play. That was fun. I don't know if that's really that creative. I would just like learn the music. I didn't try and do anything. It was just like r- repeaters, like copying it really in a way. So I don't. I don't know. Just like more, yeah, just a fun way to relax, I guess. What about you? Music? Yeah, 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 man. I was I was in punk bands for, oh, for yeah, the longest yeah. time. Um, for me, it was like music production, really, really bad metal bands <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Oh, it's just embarrassing, <laughs> mate, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, it's like your first endeavours in anything, you know. You, you do mm. something for a number of years and eventually there are some people that start to like your stuff and, I don't know, like, things things move on the difficulty with music though is that i, I don't know about banjo but def- definitely with like the rock scene that i was in you you have to have a solid group of people around you like you mm. you are reliant on other people in a way that you aren't with photography with photography mm. it's a solitary pursuit you go out you take the photos you you decide where you walk but with music like there's four five other people in your band and you have to organize set times every week to meet up writing Mm. is collaborative like everything's collaborative so it's it's taught me a lot in a lot of different ways i've taken a lot of lessons from that and a lot of lessons from like booking a gig every week and all that kind of stuff but ultimately like it's so tough to be creative with other people can i ask you both that question would you mind yeah so you say you like you've done 19 of these now i guess and you've feel like you've talked to a lot of people and it's kind of been similar kind of consensus the journey there's been this kind of slightly philosophical or trying to find any kind of deeper meaning in photography have you found it's almost like piled a bit of pressure on yourselves that maybe you didn't have before just having this same conversation of people everybody trying to figure it out has maybe kind of stressed you out a bit like you're thinking about it all a lot more than you previously would have done before I don't know. I'm just curious because I'm conscious that you like you maybe. It's, it's a good question, man. I'll, I'll jump in with my answer first because I feel like it's fundamentally changed a lot of the things I'm thinking about. Yeah, I've kind of done a 180 on like my worldview has changed now almost completely in the last 19 weeks. It's been like a Thanks. weird trial by fire. 
in, in a very positive way, <laughs> right? So I feel like I've progressed maybe what would have taken me 10 years just in like 19 weeks just by picking people's brains, just like yours, like having these chats and, and working these ideas through. And now I've kind of hit pause on what I'm doing and I'm kind of working out my next step. I'm still doing stuff like personal stuff in the background. Paul will see it. There'll, there'll be a handful of people around me to see it, but I, I feel like I'm not actually in any rush now to, to, to tell anyone anything that I'm doing. Like I'm, mm. I'm just kind of making it for me mm. and the people around me. And then maybe one day it'll be something, maybe it'll be a book. Maybe, maybe it'll be something I, I don't know, but I, I, I definitely feel like it's, it's changed the way I think about stuff. I don't know about you, Paul. Hmm. Uh, it's increased my self-doubt. Yeah, that's what I was, I was, Karen, that's what I was alluding to, really. Like, I feel uh, like... Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know that it has. I think, I think that, I think that like, each, each person that we spoke to, is, each one of them has had maybe a, a salient piece of advice or a nugget of information that you take and you think... Like, when, when I first started in photography about 20 years ago, at the birth of Flickr, I was at the birth of the digital age, basically... I was saying, like, to Dan, I used to, I used to, like, I used to, you know, print my pictures out and I'd bury them in the ground and I'd leave them in the ground for a couple of weeks and then I'd cut them and rip them and put them back together. And then, I don't know, I got into street photography and I kind of went completely away from that creative side of, of what more can a photo be than a 2D object, you know, I wanted. And now in the last, in the last two or even the last, six months since I've been doing the pod and speaking to artists and speaking to other photographers, it's kind of made me realize that those things I was doing at the beginning weren't something I should have been kind of embarrassed of. It's something that I should embrace and maybe go harder at and, and try and refine that process. And so it's kind of, it's been liberating in a way. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it, the opposite of what I thought it would be. It's kind of just allowed me to to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for, experimental again and try things and not be worried about the outcome so much, which I think Instagram has kind of put some pressure on you, I suppose, to shoot a particular way for a particular audience because you know it'll maybe get more love. But I kind of gone, you know, I think by speaking to multiple people, it's actually like, just do what you believe in, do it because you love it and and don't worry about the other shit, like I think. And that that's kind of been kind of... Yeah, the good thing I think, you know, the, the the like, just keep don't don't be don't be frightened to try. I think and, and experiment, and and if it's shit, so what? Like, how many photo, shit photos I've got? Like millions, millions of shit mm. photos. So, mm. so by pushing the boundary of what I suppose a photograph can be is what I kind of made me really interested again. It's kind of like, and I like that and landscape photography because I was never a landscape photographer, but learning about the landscape and. Just the simple things that you know would make a difference, like having a tripod when you shoot a landscape. You wouldn't think it would make that much of a difference, but it fucking does. <laughs> no, it well, does. It's like it the, does. The week after we spoke to Bernie, I got that text message, like that excited text message from you saying, like, oh, make this collage, but, you know, check this out. And, like, that's cool. Like, that to me is really cool to see. Literally talking to somebody made you do something that you probably wouldn't have got round to for fucking ages, you know? Like, totally, totally. It's a really and I think beautiful it, thing. Yeah, I think it's just made, it's, it's given me motivation and, and it's made me, I think, because I think I go through phases with photography. Uh, I get excited about it and then I get a bit, you know, oh my God, what have I shot? This is shit, this is shit. Why have I shot a picture of a what was that thing? on the side the, of a road? That, uh, <laughs> you know? that 
a small voice podcast. He was talking to Lottie Davis and she'd said that there were six phases to uh, the creative process. So the six phases were, this will be awesome. This is tricky. This is shit. I'm shit. This might be okay. This is awesome. <laughs> but she, she was like, the British public, the, like, the British creatives never get beyond this might be okay. Number five. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know well, if I, I get beyond number four. Like, I'm shit. Yeah. No, why do you th- why do you th- why do you think that is? What is what is it about a Britishness that we all think we're a bit shit? What is that? I don't know. I think we're all just a bit miserable, aren't we? Like, what? I don't know what it is. I, I know some American people, and they're just so enthusiastic in a way that I couldn't even dream of being. I don't know. Yeah, my know my is. daughter watches this uh, Minecraft program called, and it's with a guy called Beck Rojack, and he's like he's like the most enthusiastic person about Minecraft you've ever imagined. You're like, oh my god, we're gonna play some brick over here, <laughs> <laughs> man! It's just a brick. It's just a brick. There is something funny about it, isn't there? I just I wish I had that much enthusiasm about anything in life. I, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't yeah, do it. Self belief does scare me a bit. Self-belief scares me a bit. Josh, man, you should have a bit more belief in yourself. Oh, I wasn't being, I wasn't being negative. I was just that kind of level of enthusiasm. Were, were you fishing there, Josh? Were you fishing? You was fishing? No. You? Fishing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Last your, thing I want. Your book's all right, man. Thanks, Sam. Okay. Yeah, I, really, I really like it, Josh. <laughs> I think it's really good, man. I, I own it, and I think it's a lovely piece of work, and you should be really... I do think it's really nice. Um, that, that wasn't. I feel like you thought I was fishing for you to say that at this point. No, no it's fine. No, you, no, you, no. You, you, don't, you don't need to be modest about your fishing, man. It's cool. Right. <laughs> it killing me. <laughs> well, thank you is the appropriate no. response. Thank you. That's kind of you. No, no. Thank. Yes, yeah. Thanks That's for picking good. up. Thanks for picking one up. Everyone should go pick it up. Where, where <laughs> can where can everyone get that from, Josh? Come on, let's give it a little plug. Let's let's plug the book. Come on, Joshy. The tell, book. It, tell us. Yeah, I would. You if you if you if somebody was um, had never seen it before and you were going to give them like three lines to explain what the book's about, go for it. This is your like you're on stage now. I'm rolling VT. Dan, we're going over to Josh in three, two, one. You pile on the pressure, Paul Benz, don't you? you <laughs> <laughs> he knows exactly how to make everybody squirm. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I apologise. I didn't mean to make you squirm. Paul Benz, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I, I knew. Oh, crumbs. Um, so, yeah. Jeez. Oh, Paul, Paul, I just, I just think I'm just saying Paul. Can I, can I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and help you out. I'm not going to be so mean, but I was going to say when, when I talk about other people's work, I find it much easier than speaking about my own work. I sometimes contextualizing it and, 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 you That's know. That's probably something to do with being British again, isn't it? Yeah, but it's really difficult, isn't it? It to, is, it to, is. To like, to like verbalize what what a bunch of photographs mean you know and and to different people i suppose it means completely different things we've said this multiple times like mm. and we should maybe get so hung up on this like deep bullshitty meaning we should just show the photos we like and sorry anyway josh i i'll go back to you may i no. i rudely interrupted oh no no yeah so i mean yeah it's called brilliant parade it's a book of pictures i've taken around london over the last it's about five five years or so so i mean it's just born out of this like hobby of taking pictures and then over years and years of building up these pictures like i have tried my like my like i really want to convey this like humanity and this like kind of british sense of humor this like serendipitous the like kind of idea that you know 
stuff, just weird stuff does happen. And there's like, there is this kind of like day to day joy and like, you know, yeah, I just, um, I, when I, when I moved to London, I found it quite hard. I was like, I don't really like it here. There's a bit dry. It's a people maybe don't interact with each other, but then like day to day going out, I saw there was this like almost like sense of community on, on the tube or like out there's this like real, like, yeah, sense of being a Londoner. There is this British sense. There is like, people do look out for each other. People, if something strange, like they'll have this really fond memory. I was on the tube once and there was this guy, he was watching Friends on his phone. And then, you know, that episode where Ross gets like stuck in his leather trousers. And he, was, <laughs> and he was like watching on his phone. He was just laughing like hysterically with his headphones in. I saw it over his shoulder and like loads of people like crammed around him and were like watching it as well. And like he was finding it so funny and like everybody was laughing. And it was just like, that's just like one of my favorite. I took a picture of him like, like over his shoulder of like this like guy like stuck in his trousers. And it's just like, yeah, I really wanted to get that across. Like, it's not like, there's no like serious deep meaning. It's just like the sense of community. People. Yeah. It's just the day to day of like, that's the London I see. That's who I am as a person. Like, I don't take myself too seriously. Like, I want to show this like empathy for people out and about, you know, just, yeah. I just, I love London. I think it's just like a, I've just loved taking pictures and I hope that comes across in the pictures. Like it's just meant to be, it's meant to be a bit of fun, you know? Um, I think it does, mate. I think it does. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's kind of, um, I know Paul always says this, but it's interesting that when you get to speak to somebody, it sort of changes their work a little bit, you know, having spoken to you, like I, I don't know, I, it changes the way that you see the pictures. I think. Does totally, that make sense? Totally. I agree with you. No, no, I, I think I, I, I agree. Like I, I, I mean, I watched Josh work for a couple of years. I've seen him, you know, posting his like 700 photos a day, you know, he's like, okay, I got to post another 700 today. All right, Josh, can you slow down? You prick? I don't take as many photos as Josh posts. <laughs> I take, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I like no, but I, I, I think there's, um, what did you say, Dan? Sorry, I lost my train of thought then. What were we saying? Oh, saying how getting to know yes, someone changes yeah, their work. Yeah, totally. And I think I agree that the Instagram and, and the digital social side is, is great to a point. But actually, when you speak to somebody and then you get to understand the reasons for why they're shooting and how they're shooting and, and why they shoot, I, I, it, it just brings a greater depth to the work. And a, a like, I liked you before. Now I love you, Josh. So, you know. And I get, I get your personality even more in your work now where, where I think you should like, I, 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 I yeah, yes, it all makes a bit more sense, doesn't it? Like, it's like, oh, the pennies drop. That's why. And, and, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I'm also, you were, you were talking earlier this month or maybe last month that you were doing a, um, some Zoom courses on colour, Joshua. And you, I, did you do a couple? How did they go? I've done quite a few and it's honestly been probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done photographically, like talking to people. Yeah. Just trying to, uh, it's been a blast. And some of the questions people have asked me, some like really like, obviously it's about like, kind of like the main thing is like building up how to get like a kind of consistent, I really struggled getting a consistent look to my digital, digital photographs. Like you have this like vision in your head about what a picture is going to look like. And you get it home, put it into Lightroom. And it's like, Oh my God, this just looks horrendous. And I think like, when like so many people are taking pictures, it can be quite hard to like stand out, I guess. I think like a consistent look is quite important, I guess. So it's just like talking to people about how I got to this point of this like look and like what, how other people 
perceive like the colors around them and what it is about certain colors that appeal to you and stuff. But primarily for me, it's based around trying to like almost get like a bit of a kind of like film ish look. But I mean, one guy asked me, he was just like, yeah, great. I know everybody likes film and the way film looks. And he was like, I work in the music industry and everybody's trying to get this like vintage look, whether it be this kind of like eighties synth thing or, you know, like everybody's trying to, everybody's being like really nostalgic and he like even in photography and he was like, he was just like when is someone going to do the new thing like when's somebody going to be embracing this digital look to pictures and try and do something outside of making it look a bit filmish you know and i was like oh yeah that's a really really good question and i was like just gonna have to rethink my whole life <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate yeah <laughs> I, don't know, I, I think the sony guys are doing that aren't they with their like teal and orange filters and stuff <laughs> no, that doesn't look very filmy <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was a good point, though. It's like everybody's striving for this nostalgia these days. It is interesting. I mean, but you do see it, though. If if you look around, there are plenty of people that are sort of pushing beyond that. I'm I'm also a sucker for film, so I'm sort of... I find it difficult to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, there, there are can, people out there. Can, can we ask Dan, it. can we ask him the question, you know, the film digital question? Can you go for it? Like, tee it up, Dan, tee it up. <laughs> Go on, go on, go on, mate. I'll, I'll let you go because, like, every, I feel like everybody knows my thoughts on this now. So, yeah. So it's, this is my this is my favorite question in photography ever, Josh. So, film photography versus digital photography. Do you think there's a different emotional attachment to the image if it's shot via a film camera versus it's shot with a digital camera? If you'd asked me maybe a couple of years ago, I probably would have said yes. But for me now, like. No, I don't think. I think I've I've genuinely got a bit of a frustration with film where like the expense of it now for me almost has a bit of an underlying resentment for me. <laughs> Leave a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest, like it's just, it's, uh, and I'm kind of got to a point now where I'm, I'm pretty happy with the results I can get digitally. I do, oh yeah, it's tricky. Like maybe there is some, I do, there, you know, there is one picture I took on film where I do have a bit of a feeling like, oh, I'm glad I got this on film. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there is a bit of an... Because I, I think even if you have, like, a digital process that that mm. is filmic, you can still tell it was shot on a digital camera. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, 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 there's intrinsically something that... The scratches, whatever the fuck is wrong with the camera, you know, whatever, those those that fingerprint of that camera that you get from shooting that film and those chemical reactions yeah. only... You, you can't produce that in digital still, I don't think. Oh, I reckon and, and maybe can. we should... But I don't I think, think you should can. be trying. I think I've got to the point where I don't think you should be trying. I, maybe I'm wrong in that, but I think there's something to be said about, like, let digital be digital, right? I, mm. I, 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 this, again, this is, you know... This is the one thing, isn't it, Paul? This is the one thing me and you disagree <laughs> about. Because I, I reckon absolutely all day long you can edit a digital photo to just look exactly like a film photo and if you didn't know what it was you wouldn't be able to tell yeah i, I think so as well i agree I, I feel like you can get them so ridiculously close together that actually whatever that magical feeling is for you i think it's completely in there for you right so I, right I, I we're gonna do, the, this, we're gonna do a challenge go on we're gonna do a we're gonna do a frame lines challenge we're gonna we're gonna print i'm gonna print some photos out right okay I'm going to, I'm going to basically shoot some digital, some, some on my Fuji SD705, 35 millimeter, some on my X Pro 3, and I'm going to print them out. I'm going to make them look the same. And I'm going to see if you can tell which one is, is which. Do you think you could tell? 
depends how good a job you do at the edit mate. but no i don't think you could I feel like this is if, if you're the one editing yeah how we, <laughs> no, like... no, but, but I, won't, I won't touch the process like of what the camera gives me like so i'll just give you the raw file no, oh, I think well, this will work better oh, if I do the, the shots, Paul, because you're the one that's invested in this, right? Yeah, right. So, so <laughs> this <is rigged>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is rigged because if I pick the one that's like a film shot, you're going to be like, see, I fucking told you, like, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can't yes. tell the difference. <laughs> no, 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 I think this works better if this is the other way around, right? If, if me and Josh do some edits that look yeah. really film-like, we do some prints and we send them to you. And maybe we mm-hmm. send like 10 images and we don't tell you, like there might be 10 film in there, there might be 10 digital, it might be five and five, but I need you to do a sticker on each one saying this is digital, this is film, and we'll see what the percentage is that you get right. Ooh, okay, fine, I'm in. Like, I'm not doing one image where it's like the same and there's a digital versus a, a, a film one. But no, I, think I, could, I, I think I could pull the wool over your eyes even with that though. Like you lend me your GFX okay. for a few days, I reckon I could even do that. I, I could get oh, them right. really fucking close. But yeah, I, I think I'm going to send you like a bunch of prints and let's see if you can tell what the difference is. I think oh. I'll get 10 out of 10. You think you're going to get 10 out of 10? <laughs> Big talk from Ben's <laughs> over here. Okay, <laughs> there he okay. is. Which way is the beach? I'll sign for that package. <laughs> Crumbs. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I've got one last question for you, Josh, before we jump into shout outs, mate. Oh, so you've done a lot of walking on the streets. Is there an image that you've seen that you didn't shoot that haunts you even today? Haunts me. Right. I, I, let me cue you up, right? There's, there's one that I, I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast. I don't remember who we were talking to. I think it might have been Hugh. I was walking up a road and I saw, uh, just walking down a country road, and there was a, a guy walking his dog with his family. And his dog, at whatever point it was, was just so completely overwhelmed with the love of his owner that he just like dived on him and started just like slobbering all over his face in the middle of the road. I was close enough to shoot and I didn't. Right. Right. And that haunts me today. I can see it. Like I shut my eyes. I see that. And I wish I'd taken that photo. That would have been on film as well, Bence. That would have been on Ultramax 400. I know you'd love that. Um, Have you ever experienced something like that where you've been walking around, you've seen something and you just, for whatever reason, maybe you didn't have your camera or you just weren't in the mood that you saw something and just didn't do it, didn't take the shot. Yeah, I mean, I have, like, I mean, that happens pretty much every day, to be honest with you. Like, some, I feel like, particularly when I first go out, I have to, like, warm up, you know, so there's, like, almost, like, building up confidence every time I go out. So there's, like, yeah, for the first couple of hours, I'll chicken out of taking loads of shots. But, yeah, I mean, there's loads. I mean, there's... Is there one that really springs to mind? Or am I just... Or, yeah, I mean, there's this time, like, I've seen, like, Soho, and there was this, like couple together but they were like hugging but the girl just had her phone she was like hugging her boyfriend but was just like texting behind his head and and then like meanwhile this woman you know like there's the people that like hand out roses she was like handing the boyfriend a rose so he was grabbing a rose from behind her whereas meanwhile she was literally just texting behind her head so he was like buying a rose for his girlfriend oh that's amazing she was just like texting someone else with her arms around him and i remember like I don't know why I didn't take a picture. I was like, this whole scene is just bizarre. Like, but and then I think there was someone, like, there's someone with a balloon standing next to them. It was just like a whole, you know, busy. It, it sounds like the perfect Josh Edgos shot. Oh yeah, he'll, I think it was years ago, and I think about that to this day. Every yeah. day, I think about that. What about you, Paul? Have you got one? <laughs> Good question. Um, oh yeah, recent one actually. I was I was uh, walking the Wandle Trail, and there was this guy 
in his like a beaten up Vauxhall Astra from about 1980 and he had long he was about 65 70 he had long gray hair like and he was smoking a, a fag out the window and I I, I was like oh, I, I wanted to go and ask him to take his portrait but he was giving me such a death stare that I thought you know what there's no point <laughs> it I'm wasn't gonna... a reflection <laughs> in the shop window was it it's <laughs> 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 walk on walk on Paul walk on walk on Shep walk on come by come by <laughs> no, I left. I left quickly. I wish I'd. You wish you'd spoken to him. Spoken to him, yes. I do. I sometimes do get that feeling from people, like you know, I just better not ask you. You know, it's just like I think that's that's fine, though, isn't it? Like you just kind of yeah. I think what I might start one, doing. Right? I, I've got a real tendency of talking to people and then never actually. I don't know, it doesn't even occur to me at the time. I'm just having a chat with this random stranger. It never occurs to me to take a photo of them. But I think I'm going to start doing that. And I think I might set myself the challenge that the most prickly looking people <laughs> are going to try and get their portraits. Do you think there's something in that? I don't know. We'll find out, right? It's a, yeah, it's a challenge, I guess. Why not? You, you probably be one of those things where you surprise yourself where you end up there, like, getting loads of really nice pictures, maybe. I don't know. No pressure, Dan. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Obviously, I'm not really sharing anything at the moment, Josh, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll pop you a little message and be like, check out, check out this guy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Josh, I got one more question for you as well. So you, you, you said you've been doing this um, portrait, one portrait a week, or was it one portrait a day? I can't remember what you said at the beginning. Well, that, that was the goal, but I mean, yeah. But you've only started po- posting them recently, haven't you? Am, am I making that up? Or like you posted a couple in the last like week or two. And there's one I really like, the guy with the ghetto blaster. Oh, um, that, that Brian. Was, he was so much fun. Because I, yeah. I saw him, he was like listening to music and he was walking over the other side of the street and he walked past this graffiti and it was just down the road quite a long way. And I chased after him and was like, please, can I take your picture? And he was like, oh yeah, 100%. And he was like, should we walk back to the graffiti? And we walked like <laughs> 10 minutes down the road back to the graffiti. He fucking he was just like, Yeah, and he really like, he was just like, I, I've got 20 of these uh, boom boxes at home or whatever. And it was just like, I understand why you want to take my pictures. Like, I love collecting things. It was like you want to you want to take a picture of me, definitely. It was like why not? So yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, sorry, that was a long winded answer. Paul, no, sorry. That's fine. I'm, I'm going to go and look at that in a minute. This is the one thing through not looking at Instagram. I'm missing out on all this stuff. So yeah, I'm definitely going to go and check that out. Um, do, do you draw? Sorry, sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. I was just going to say, do you draw a definition in the type of work you should do? Or are you just literally going out shooting what you see and 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 not really thinking too much more about it? You seem kind of laissez-faire, may I say, like, but with your attitude towards your work is kind of you. You're very like it feels like you're a very intuitive photographer, and you you you're you're very you know alert. I suppose is what I'm going to say to you without blowing hot air up your ass, but, but you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I think that's I'd kind of you to say, but I don't think that's... In, it's more down to, like, day job, balancing everything else. It's more just, like, squeezing the pictures when I have the time and retrospectively try and make sense of it afterwards. It's more of, like, necessity than conscious, like, oh, I'll just take it as it comes. I, I would love to do a more deliberate project, for sure. And maybe, like, maybe if I get more free time, I will do that, maybe travel somewhere. But, yeah, it's down. it's more been down to necessity. So, yeah. And maybe I'm trying to rationalise the necessity by seeing laid back, <laughs> but I don't know. I think given, given your responses to the question 
earlier about you know what you're trying to do and you you know you said that you just love like british culture and london uh, london life I, I wonder whether or not you even need to travel i i think you just kind of keep doing what you're doing until this yeah i agree i i think you should go to country fairs and british shows mm. and yeah yeah Ro- royal chelsea and you know all of those things i suppose but but even maybe going even a bit more niche there's loads of like really niche weird things in london aren't there oh and, yeah no there's i mean even just like with lockdown being lifted, I just went straight back to Oxford Circus for a few weekends in a row. And I was like, I was just like, why am I doing this again? Like, I really just like got the book, drew a line in the sand, and then last week I like, walked around Angel, Hackney, Old Street, and I was like, this is yeah. I got so many more pictures than I'd ever taken on Oxford Street and stuff. And I was like, I gotta just yeah, just oh, there's so much to see. Just you gotta, you can't be everywhere at once, right? You just sort yeah. of need to to make yeah. a choice about what you're actually looking for. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I had to really just can't can't go back to just standing on Oxford Circus. I'm not saying there's anything bad with that, but for me, I've been like I've done that for five years, four, and it's just like got a there's so much more of London than people shopping on Oxford Street, you know. But, there is, there is, it's it's massive, and yeah. like there's all these different little pockets of communities, and like yeah, there's there a whole world to explore outside it's, of Oxford Circus. It's just hard to that, that appeal of like that amount of people and traffic is is, 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 is there's a draw there. Calling you. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, but yeah, no. After like having a bit more of a walk around some other areas, so yeah, yeah, no, just see what happens. I want to go to the beach, Margate. Plans to go to Margate. Margate looks mm. fun. Yeah, yeah I've Mar- never been Margate, to Margate. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. What happens over the summer. Yeah. I love your Wandle Trail project though, Paul. I love that idea. Just like I didn't even know the River Wandle existed until I saw your work. So Yeah, yeah I, I I think I think it doesn't that's what I mean. I think it doesn't like I've got a friend, Dan Wood, who lives in South Wales, and he was saying that the project doesn't have to be too complicated. You know, you just pick a path or pick a, a, a uh, something that's really simple that, that 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 and then it builds from the by the time you the amount of time you walk that same path and how things begin to repeat what was that video we were watching with um alex soth about real time versus story time have you seen that one yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. That. I, I like that idea of, of trying to put that into the work somehow and and that that idea of flickering time or it's like it's like spot the difference in two photos that are similar but there's only mm. something minutely different in the second one and playing with those ideas, like, it's still, there's so much, like, I mean, that I don't know, and mm. that, in some ways, it's a bit, it's a bit overwhelming, isn't it? I guess it can be paralysing, but in the other way, it's kind of, it's exciting, and it's, it's all kind of, will hopefully enrich the work when it eventually, if it eventually sees the light of day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Paul, yeah, it'll see the light of day. Well, You're, so well, You're so close. You're so close. I saw the, the last final edit, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure things have even moved on since then because you're still walking it. But I, I feel like any day now you could just draw a line in the sand, send it off to someone with infinite more wisdom than me, like Chloe or something, and just get her to pour over it and tell you which ones are best. That's it. I think that's I. I do need to. I, the idea is I'd like to shoot the end of when lockdown completely ends because I started mm. November. Will it ever end? Well, yeah, that's a tr- that's, yeah. Don't say that, Dan. You can. So, like, I, it was started November 2019, so just before lockdown. And like I said, the trail, it was miserable. It was grey, it was wet. There was not a leaf on a tree. You know, it was like, my God, this is, what am I doing? I'm walking through an industrial street, it's pissing down with rain. And then it's like, there's nothing here. What am I doing? But the, the like, it, it, things did start to appear like, and, and that's the amazing thing, I think, is that that whole idea of, 
Like, I think the fun, the one thing I really believe is something new is, is much better than something you've done hundreds of times. But by doing the same trail multiple times, you, you do see things change, like, mm-hmm. constantly. And nothing, it, it's not static. And, you know, the landscape is constantly evolving and changing. And, and I, I like that idea of I've, I've, I've recorded a lot of audio when I've been out on the trail and, you know, the sound of the river and the sound of birds and the sound of kids singing Christmas songs. And so I, there's going to be something at the end where I haven't mm. quite worked out how I pull that together yet. That's why Dan's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you find as well, like, because you've done that same location so many times, like when a picture does come together, it's all the more rewarding and exciting? Yeah, totally. And you, you feel like you've really worked for it, like you've, yeah. you've put in the miles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a guy called um, Brian Formals. You know about him? He, he, he basically talks about walking and photography. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an American dude, and he's basically he's he's kind of like been a writer and around this, the photography scene for the last I don't know twenty years. But he kind of writes about the philosophy of walking and taking pictures, and it's it's just a really you check it out. You really like it. Really, really interesting guy. And he says that um, by repeating. By repeating the 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 walks, that the things that you um, normally see, you just don't take any notice of anymore, and then you just you, you are looking for differences in the landscape as you as you progress through it. So your mm-hmm. your your vision in, not enhances, but it, it just becomes refined to those spaces. And I, I really believe that. Like I really believe. Like I've shot this one bridge on the river. I must have shot it. 150 times, you know, mm. but only there's only one photo that I think out of all of that 150 that is like the sweet moment where the, the light is right. There's fucking about 30 parrots flying across. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, and it, it just works. And, and the hard bit, I suppose, is, is, it's always been for me is what is good and, and what works together. And, and that sequence, that, that bit of, of knitting it all together. I think the thing is, Paul, is when you're looking through this stuff, because you've done that for so long now, you're not looking for good, yeah. you're looking for great, and like there's a massive difference between those two things, right? And yeah, and it's like, I think it's, it's just real. I, I think the process is difficult if, if well, it, it, I don't think it's meant to be easy, like to, to get to a point where it, it works as one, um, hopefully, and that, that, you know, there's something happening, like, you know, and like, like you said to me before, Dan, that you know, people. Every every person that take, picks up the book is going to get a different reading. They're going to look at the pictures and and you know get their own worldviews. Are going right, to influence right. how they see those pictures. So fundamentally, I I, I think is losing the idea of of, of the, the third person and what other people think is kind of irrelevant. But but it, it's it's I, I just think that, that it's not about that. But it, it, it is like. I want it to be good, like this, this first great album that we talk about, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, I want it to be good, but I, I there's fear that it isn't like it. It's like, oh, my God, they're looking at it. It's like, oh, my God, I, 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 I vacillate. Mate, no, no, I, <laughs> I, I think it's strong. Like From what I've seen, and I've probably seen more than most, but I've, I think it is strong. I'll tell you what I'm going to do tomorrow, right? I, I know you walk basically every day. You've mentioned before that you struggle with meditation. I'm going to send you this app that I like. And within this app, there's a walking meditation. Mm-hmm. I'd be really interested to see what you make of this walking meditation because it's it's not the same as like sitting. I, I know you don't have a practice, but 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Right. I might send you this. Uh, let's do it. Let's, let's go. Let's go Zen. I'm, I'm all in for trying. And I, for I, me, are you done? Yeah, I'll send it to you as well. Yeah, it's cool. I, I yeah. definitely recommended. Thank you. Sorry, I feel like I've probably um, taken the wind out of everyone's sails then, just talking about meditation for a bit. Where were we? We were going to do some shout outs, weren't we, Paul? Yes, yes, we were. Yes, we were. Josh, do you want to go first, mate? Like, Have you got something yet or should, we, should I buy you some time? I have a few ideas, but I don't... Um, can I mention someone who's been on this? Or would that be weird? That's not okay, is it? That's absolutely okay. We've done it multiple times before. You won't be the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like... Nico, Fro, uh, Nico Fro, Frolic, Frolic. His he just blows me every week. He blows me away and has been doing that for like a year now. And it's just like he's really. Do you think like his stuff's really special? Like it's really the light and the people and the way he just puts together a picture these days. It they're really. I just find it really exciting, and I like I love like him as a person as well. And it's just just nice. It's just really nice seeing him like really find his voice. I don't like yeah. I don't want to gush too much but no i was about to no, gush I, with you mate to be honest with you yeah like, we're, all, we, we, we're big we were nico just, lovers aren't we yeah we're all big yeah. nico lovers i mean we, we love all of the past guests but you know earlier on when i was saying there's been a few people that we've spoken to that have like made me really question like why i'm sharing my work and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff and and nico was actually one of them i know nico actually does share quite a lot of his work yeah. it was when we asked him if there's a book coming up because I look at his stuff and I could see that in a book. That's a book yeah, I would buy in a heartbeat, yeah, right? Of course, yeah. And he was just like, straight away, nah, do you know what? It's not time yet. Maybe in like 10 years or something. And I, that really stuck with me. Like that that statement really stuck with me. There's a lot of maturity in Nico's work. And yeah, I've, I've, I think you should gush away. Like Nico's work is fucking amazing. I, I, he's going to be sat there right now blushing because I know he listens. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I mean, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd, I'd tell him all the time how much I love his work. So I don't <laughs> yeah, no, I just, uh, no, it's just like really. It just feels really honest, doesn't it? It feels honest. It feels like there's a combination of things happening, like, so light. Like he switched to film, which I, I, I personally think, whether we disagree or I think it made a difference to, to how he shoots. It slowed him down. And when he, you know, it, there's something like in, like you say, intangible that, that happened in that work that he's there's there's and also because he's shooting the area that he's grown up in mm. and that he, that is personal to him like it feels like yeah I, I agree with you it blows me away daily like yeah wow. they're not tourist shots no it's just really really exciting to see like yeah just somebody so really, really earnest to it right yeah just yeah blows me away love it really love it yeah that's definitely a solid pick you've yeah. got full support with that one mate it sounded like you you wanted to mention a few other people as well. Yeah, um, oh, I don't want. Um, I said uh, you said I should mention Shane. Shout out to Shane. You should Shane Taylor, the other half of Framelines. Hi, Shane. We love you, Shane. Hello, Shane. He won't have made it this far. How long have we been going? Well, you probably you, you you'll trim this down a bit, won't you? A, yeah, a, a yeah, little, yeah. a little, probably less than you would think. But yeah, it'll it'll get trimmed down. If Shane made it this far, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you yeah we we love yeah. shane's work as well like just to he's all right he's not bad <laughs> he's not bad what about you guys dan who's who's on the shouts right so my my shout out this week is thank you josh as well i see what you did there you you rescued our 
very fast sinking ship i'm, I'm <laughs> eternally grateful <laughs> so this, this is what a professional looks like people um i'm in awe um my my shout out this week is mike gray um mike gray is so he's a photographer i don't think he's actually been shooting for all that long but his work is ridiculously good he's um i think he does a lot of assisting and stuff with um tyler shields Tyler Shields, yeah, yeah. Tyler yeah, Shields. I think I think he does a lot of assisting with Tyler Shields, but this this guy's work is. Like, I'm sure I saw something the other day that he he'd only been shooting for a few years or something, and like you just look at his work and it's absolutely incredible. Particular high point for me is the stuff that he did. It's like reenacting historical moments. Absolutely fucking mind blowing. Yeah, Mike Gray, definitely go check him out. Oh, wow, um, yeah, I'm just looking now. So good, so so good. Makes you feel sick, doesn't it? Like this guy's been working yeah. for not even that long. I get really jealous of other photographers quite quite often. I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> me too. I hate. I'm looking over. But fuck off, me, <laughs> me, me. What? <laughs> Makes me want to give up. Yeah, yeah. Let's just throw it all in the bin, babe. Yeah. I'm going to sell it all. Yeah. No, no. He's 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 cool. Like his his work's amazing. So so yeah. That that's Mike's my shout out this week. Mr. Bentz. I'm, go- I'm going for uh, quite an old book. And it smells like one of those old book smells. So you've like, you smell it and it's got that sort of fausty. I don't know what you'd explain it. It's like maybe like perfumery ink, would know. Like ink and paper. Uh, maybe Josh Mr. probably Bentz. knows what the chemicals yeah, Josh, are. Yeah, Josh, 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 what would be the smell of an old book? Give me, give me some words to use. Oh, whatever, whatever the maybe. cupboard you kept it in smelled like. I don't know. <laughs> 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 anyway, it, it's a book. Uh, by a lady called Faye Goodwin, and it's called Land. Land, and it's it's a, basically a book of um, portrait photography. Sorry, not portrait, landscape photography. And um, it's all black and white. But again, she, she, you can, like, I, I've been moaning at Dan a lot about how, how you can put meaning into a landscape photo, and it's a really difficult thing to do. Mm. Um, but this woman does it like every photo. You're looking at it and you're thinking, "Oh my god, she's suicidal, she's suicidal, she's suicidal." Out of landscapes, man. It's just honestly like if if you, uh, it's it's a really amazing, it's a really amazing black and white landscape photography. It's it's all of the UK as well, and I'm not sure um, what part of the UK, Sutherland, wherever Sutherland is. Wow, I'm just looking. Um, at- it does look quite bleak, doesn't it? Blimey. Yeah, it, it's very bleak. Like I, but I think it's really honest as well, I suppose, in a way, if you know what mm. I mean. It, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 um, Powerful. Yeah, I really like it. Really like it. It reminds me of... No, I'm not going to make on. a comparison. No, it's fine. Come on, no, no, come it, on. It, it belittles well, it, because I, I, I literally know nothing about landscape photography. photography. So for me to really stupidly stumble in and goes, oh, that reminds me of something. Like, it's, no, it's embarrassing. I'm not doing it. I'm not telling you who it reminds me of. <laughs> come on, come on. Oh, you tease come Dan on, Higginson. Me and, me and Josh want to know. Right, well, okay. I've been peer pressured. Don McCullen. Have you seen Don McCullen's landscape uh, Yeah, stuff? yeah. I know I, I get that. That's, that wasn't a big, that wasn't an embarrassing comparison. There is, there is something about, I, I, I think the more I've, d- I've done photography, the more I'm interested in landscape and that idea of and maybe it like i don't know whether it's bullshit like this is the big question can like josh dan do you think you can make a landscape have meaning no <laughs> sorry straight in with the <laughs> no. 
No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe you can, but I don't have a refined enough palette to see it. It's me. I am the problem. Uh, I guess, I mean, so much of it relies on the viewer, doesn't it, really? I mean, how open you are to... Yeah. Interpretation. Yeah, and yeah, absorbing what's going on. That's a really flaky, non-committal answer, and I'm going to stick with it. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) So, on that delightful note, (laughs) I I will leave links to uh, everything that we've mentioned in the show notes. Josh, where where can people find you? Where should people reach out to you, stay in contact? Send me a... uh, a, um, uh, (laughs) Damn, that was clunky let, let me give you another in let me give you another in <laughs> no let's leave it at that that's people real i want people to realize what a shambles i am um yeah uh instagram at spicy.meatball framelines youtube is uh probably yeah just me and shane taylor making videos about photography going for a walk it's a blast check it out it's genuinely one of the only youtube photography youtube channels worth watching what, what are we hearing goose Paul <laughs> The ultimate, who knew Paul Benz was the king troll? <laughs> Lord of the trolls, Paul Benz. I couldn't refuse, sorry guys. Anyway, Josh, honestly though, from the bottom of my heart, seriously, I, I, I mean, let me knock the goose off. <laughs> um, you can't be heartfelt <laughs> like, while you're still playing the goose noises. Stop the goose <laughs> noises. Daniel and I love your work. We love your book this year. Really well done, mate. I think it's, it's really, you should be proud of it. Um, Hopefully we'll get to have a barbecue soon and you can come and play some killer banjo. I'm busy. I'm busy that weekend, I'm afraid, Paul. (laughs) 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 I love it. Uh, Fantastic, Josh. Fantastic. Wonderful, mate. Uh, That sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be there. And it's on the record now as well, Josh, so you've got to do it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. Thank you.